beginning transmission 136, The Walking Dead, file under Robert Kirkman Monk. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Ignorance. ドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリンクドリン
the Trail Port Portland. Uh huh. And now their playoff contentions in doubt because yes. it was a three zero loss. And, and then the uh, Jazz lost to Golden State, but I will say it took four All Stars just to stop Joe Ingles. Yeah. So yes, they lost, but Golden State had to work for that one. Yeah. LAFC tied, so now they're technically in second because Dallas lost. Mm-hmm. Which by the time this episode comes out, the playoffs will be over, and we will have a champion, hopefully, LAFC. But we'll see how that goes. I will say. I'm, the one year RSL won the championship, they were the wild card. Yeah. And then they won everything. Yeah. So there's that. Well, the, the other question, since Todd, you are going to be out here for a big adventure here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, would you be okay ditching the concerts to go to a playoff game? Because that may be the case. I may have tickets to a playoff game that night. Yeah, I could. Ask the guys what I'm okay. wearing right now, by the way. Uh, are you wearing your RSL or your uh, your LAFC jersey? Not the jersey, but the uh, hoity-toity polo. Oh, nice. Did you wear that to work just to annoy your brother? You know me well, Brian. <laughs> and you did this specifically because they lost over the weekend? I did not do it because they lost, but I, I do have the, I have three um, LAFC shirts. And if I know I'm going to see Steve that day, that's when I almost never wear it unless I know I'm going to see Steve. I'm like, yeah, I'll put this on. Uh, I love my brother, but it gets a rise out of him. There is so little that gets a rise out of him. It is a riot. Well, welcome to episode 136. We've done 135 others of these? We have, yeah. Wow. Uh, 134 of them have come out. Hey! Um, The funny thing is that the Lost episode is now so far behind us, it's like it really is sort of like the Lost Forgotten episode at this point in time. good. I'll just I, it's it still sitting on my computer. I still have to edit it and, and drop it in at some point in time. But uh, we might just save it for next year's Pride. So hey, that'd be a good one. <clears throat> and then I can yeah. save my... Well, I guess I probably shouldn't save the cider for that long. No, no. So I uh, <laughs> was at the liquor store the other day, and I was in the cider section, and I came upon something. And I'm like, oh, this is Adam's name written all over it. Was it called Adam Cider? No, but it's from Mountain West Cider. And it's okay. Gay Cider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gay cider, and on the back of it, what does it say on the back of it? It says, uh, "So doing this special edition Pride one, is it going to make it taste any better? Probably not. It's like, will it turn you get, turn you gay? It's like you can always hope so. And then it's like, but will we de- will be out there celebrating Pride with everyone? Definitely. So it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I saw a gay cider, and I'm like, oh, this is Adam. So you bought Adam gay cider? I bought Adam gay cider. I absolutely. I'd, I'd rather have Adam's gay cider. Who says you haven't, Maya? <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> He's like, Panel intro. All right. We've well, done 135. This is number 136. It is. But, uh, but at least we're not cinema queens. At least we're not we're cinema, cinema queens. queens. <laughs> I'm sitting adjacent to the man himself. Come dumpster adjacent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of the come dumpster, Adam, how are you? I'm existing, so I guess that's kind of a good thing. Uh-huh. I guess so. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us where we can find your things? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can find me over as the reviews editor and film critic for Big Shiny Robot. And I actually just got my press application for Sundance again, so I gotta go fill that out. Also over at the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy! And we actually have some new episodes up, so go check us out. We just, uh, we're going to review Halloween, well, a couple weeks ago when this comes out, but we just did like uh, Venom, Star is Born, so some fun ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you can find me over in Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. 
Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. Uh, and curating our Scruff Grinder and Tights with the Z accounts. Also, come talk to me on Twitter. It's at Sithbot underscore S I T H B O T underscore. Okay. Anyway, uh, I give away free stuff there, so follow you me. Do. You're, you're trying to tempt me into applying for one so that. Hi, Mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> I will. I'll put my phone on silent. Uh, so, also, uh, the queen of Adam's cider, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, I'm Maya. I don't do much, but I am on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram the Mr. Maya because someone else took just regular old Mr. Maya and they Rat don't use bastards. It. That's the best part. It's the same thing with like Sithbot without the underscore. Someone has it and they never use it. It's like someone from the Middle East too. Yeah, rap bastard. Well, I I have a Twitter handle as well, but I never use it as well, so I won't even say what it is because then people will just be angry at it. Uh, Todd, do you even have a Twitter account? I do have a Twitter account. Oh, really? Do you use your Twitter account? I'm a wallflower or <laughs> lurker. I'm not sure which is the better statement. So I use it to consume, but there's not a lot of creation. So my Twitter account is the same as an iPad. Okay. How do you like them apples? The same as an iPad? It's a consumption device, not a creation yeah. device. So no, I'm I thought Todd. you were saying that's what your Twitter account was. I was really confused for a second. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, you can find me here as a panelist on Funny Books and Firewater. I also do the um, English class hooligans with the cat wrangler himself and my better half, Amy. Hi, Amy. Next episode is coming out after we record it. Yes. <laughs> so we need to do that. So yes. what's coming up? Frankenstein? Frankenstein in October. I don't remember what's after that. Sure. I love that book. That's great. We just need to record it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll be out in California in a few weeks, I guess. True. I'll be I realized, by the way, with that, I, I realized, because I, I have another buddy of mine who's never been to a con, and I actually happen to have one of the days of LA Comic Con off from work, so I'm going to go to that as well. So I'm doing wow. two different cons two weekends in a row, because I'm doing LA Con on Sunday, and then you come in on town on Friday, and we do Big yeah. Adventure Saturday and Sunday. Uh, of the of the following week, dude, so. you're 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 gonna hit three cons. I'm gonna hit two cons. Well, you already did Fan X. Oh, I guess the three cons this year. Yeah, I will. I'll hit three cons this year. That's Last year I, I went to New York Comic Con. I just didn't, you know, this year I wasn't in. And la- last year was a complete fluke. Like I happened to be there, so I'm like, oh, I'll go. Might um, as well just show up. It exactly. Uh, cool. And so, uh, hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. Um, and now a graduate student at the University of Denver. Okay. Um, oh, did, did I officially say that? Did I not officially say that? I don't know if I officially said that. I think you have. I think I no. have, yeah. I actually got woken up by a phone call from my dean or the head of the department or something like that today, making sure that I didn't have any questions about anything, which was cool, I guess. So, uh, yeah. Um, and if you're, I mean, I guess if you want to try to pretend like I play video games or something like that with me, um, you can find me on... Uh, PS4 or PS PlayStation Live or whatever that is. It's uh, uh, Vader underscore hates underscore sand, uh, which is a joke from. from I don't like sand. Yeah, it was a joke from a long time ago and one weird episode that I threw in there. But anyway, so that works well. Yeah. Book intro. Uh, So this week we are doing uh, Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead, probably the most famous book that Kirkman has done, mainly because probably of the TV show. Um, a sprawling epic that currently has 30 trades in it. Uh, so 30 trades? 
Yeah, I, I read the 30th trade to make sure that I was completely caught up. So uh, I, I am caught up at, at this point in time on the trades. Um, and then as we record this, like last weekend, the weekend before was Walking Dead Day. So I got like a free little extra comic on my from that. I also have a comic of uh, like a, a side one, a little hardbound copy of Negan's backstory. I have a bunch of Walking Dead shit. Uh, so I've been reading this book for a long, long time, uh, but this is the very, very beginning. And for those of you who are fans of the TV show, you will definitely see some similarities. You will definitely see some differences. Um, and we will get into all those when we spoil the crap out of it. But um, as a general introduction, for those of you who are completely unfamiliar with any of this, which I find it amazing, A, that you live in this modern day and age, listen to a comic book podcast and are not aware of at least walking the, the TV show. If that is the case, I am very proud of you, and I would like to know how you did it. That's really impressive. Right. Uh, email me at uh, funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com. I, I want to hear your story. Uh, it's like a film critic that's never seen Godfather. Oh, you Shut bitch. Oh, you bitch. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but I did. <laughs> uh, I just heard you start to say it. I was like, I know where he's going. Oh, fuck. Um, so... Anyway, uh, so what this is about is it's about a, a police officer named Rick Grimes who uh, ends up in a coma. He wakes up from a coma in a, an abandoned hospital and realizes that the zombie apocalypse has happened. And uh, this follows him trying to survive and trying to find his family and uh, all of that and what comes after it. So basically, it's the zombie movie after the zombie movie has happened. Uh, it's how people continue to survive and live in a world full of zombies. My application. Cool. Uh, so Todd, yes. you seem to be doing the myifications, which Why not? I, I feel like I should change the name, but I kind of want to keep it the myifications. I like it. You do them. So what is your myification for this book? It's rated M for mature because there's brains, zombies, and guns. Are there boobs? There are no boobs in this one, are there? Not in this one. I didn't see boobs, but I'm sure there will be, but will it be like undead boobs? Does that make it weird? It does make it weird. Uh, there are... There are non. So weird. There, there are living human boobs later in the series. Okay, well, there's at least there's that to look forward to. Yeah, but it's always very like brief. That's eh, tantalizing yeah. that way. But yeah, a little bit. Like, no one gets to be happy for very long, so you know that if someone's getting some, they're gonna die. It's like the typical horror movie. Kind well, of this thing. is the horror book of The Walking Dead: A Zombie Apocalypse. Who gets to be happy for very long? No, no one. No, no one does. So, which is probably we why go. we're all so morose on this episode. Like we're like sort of like a downtrodden <laughs> bunch right now. So, uh, so, it is a good book, but do not let our demeanor fool you. <laughs> um, drinking game, Mr. Todd. What is your drinking game rule? Um, I'm getting inspiration from Arnold himself. Going, I'm a cop, you idiot. Every time Grimes brings up the fact of his affiliation with the police. Go ahead and take a drink. My rule is named after our dear friend Todd. Uh, it is called <laughs> the Todd rule. And it's every Todd time rule. they get more guns, take a drink. That's a Todd rule. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I've got, you know, I've got more than three. Actually, Which I have a gun and my, my therapist says it's a good thing that I know. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I'll just own yours and my. You can just, you can just uh, have one that's, uh, what's we're looking for? I have in your honor. Yes, you have one in my honor. Yeah. We'll say that. Okay. I want a Nerf gun. Maybe Adam, maybe you and I should get Nerf guns. They make some really rad electronic Nerf guns now. Yeah, they got the really? one that has like, it's like 100 rounds per minute or something like that. Yeah, dude. Battery operated in the whole bit. I mean, this is like some awesome You mean shit. the one I have in the garage? Oh, yeah, you do that one, don't you? So with that being said, I've got a family member that's going to take a two-year sabbatical from life 
for a church related thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> and okay. what I do for all my family members that do this sabbatical from life when they're in their training program, I send Nerf guns and a five pound gummy bear. Okay. <laughs> gummy bear. You know, so once they make it past eating the head, they throw the rest away because it's going to give them like weird floppy shits. Yeah. But awesome. But I send a pair of Nerf guns because what's good one Nerf gun when two makes it infinitely better? Yes. Yeah, and but there that, is something fun about being able to shoot people with the Nerf gun and have them not be able to retaliate. Right, right, right. So, and so this is where a bunch of uber immature people are. So I quickly become their favorite heathen. And we have mm-hmm. a tendency to send Nerf guns at Christmas too because. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's now what I, I feel did. like I got to work overnight with like a, one of my best friends at work. I'm, I'm working with him for like the next week and we're working mm-hmm. overnights where there are no managers around. I'm now tempted to go to the store and buy Nerf guns before I go into work <laughs> and sneak them into work so that we can have Nerf battles in the middle of uh, in the middle of work. Totally awesome. This may have to happen. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam, what is your drinking game rule? Uh, so mine's called the strong but silent type. So every time there's a panel where you've got a character with no like uh, dialogue balloon, uh, take a drink. But because of the last couple of rules, you can do it once per page because it happens a lot. So Okay. And Mr. Maya, what is your drinking game rule? Uh, mine's called You Ruined Everything. Um, there's not much I can say about it without, you know, since we haven't gotten to the spoiler part yet. But... Uh, well, then we can leave it at that. It's don't... spoilery. If you w- don't want it spoiled for you, or if you do want to spoil it for yourself, you can go to our website and check it out. Um, it'll be on our blog. And or I can otherwise... say it right right before, uh, right after we do the break. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and then we'll have Maya. Uh, yeah, Maya will will reiterate his rule for us right after the break. There we go. Mm-hmm. A spoiler free. Right. Real thing. quick, this is for the uh, sound designer at large. Okay. Okay. So this came in from Amy, my wife. That moment when you tell people that you minored in technical theater, but you are also incapable of setting up a sound system. (laughs) (laughs) That's completely logical. It really is, actually. So I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing how, like, my wife, who also works in technical theater. My wife. My wife. (laughs) Yes, it's nice. She uh, she also completely is terrified of audio. Audio is one of those weird things that people, like, you either get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, you just avoid it like the plague. It's very funny. I'm actually kind of, um, like, terrified because uh, Jimmy and Kat just got a PlayStation VR. Oh, they, uh-huh. they want me to help them hook it up. But the problem is that they're, like, it's it's all messed up with their surround sound system and everything else. And oh. you, their entertainment center is, like, impossible to move. And so... Sure. Is this downstairs? Yeah. Uh-huh. The VR is... A pain in the ass setup as it is, so time for a new entertainment system. That's <laughs> entertainment center. I love mine. Mine's just a little like glass, like three glass shelves, and there's no back to it. So it's very easy to get to stuff. I have strong opinions about entertainment centers. So Do you? Well, I installed um televisions. Oh, that's right. Two yeah. to three years of my life. I did about seven hundred homes. Yeah. Guys got opinions. We'll get into that later. It's time for the break. I, I know what you're no it's not. Oh we no! Have, we have we have one more feature first. Oh, I just forgot. Drink you, you fucker! I know. Well, no, it was. We, we're, we're new with this one. This is a new one we've added, and I was trying to tie it into your audio thing. But we're okay. we're doing a playlist for right. those of you who want a little bit of a musical accompaniment as you read. Although looking at our list of songs we picked, <laughs> the, the lyrics might distract you, and it is an eclectic, mix <laughs> of, um, which is pretty awesome, actually. But it all applies. 
playlist. We'll go from oldest song to newest song. So, Mr. Todd, what is your uh, what is your uh, play, your song? So, for all you deadheads out there, it's by the Grateful Dead. It's called A Touch of Gray. Which also in the music video, there's skeletons playing, isn't it? They isn't that the are. One? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It is. Um, I'm thinking chronologically, I think that Mr. Maya is next. And I, I went with the obvious one, because uh, I do that. I went with Zombie by the Cranberries. Okay, and then I think, Mr. Adam, I think you're next. Uh, so I went with Living Dead Girl by Rob Zombie. And I went with Re Your Brains by Jonathan Colton. I don't know if that's actually technically incorrect. If that song might be older, I'm not sure. It's just I was far more aware of... Uh, living dead girl well before i ever heard re your brains which for those of you who are not do you, do you guys know what re your brains is no who jonathan colton is i know who jonathan colton is, is, he jonathan the, colton is yeah. like the cake is a lie guy yeah yeah okay so he uh he was a computer programmer who started writing songs and he uh does he has like a weird sort of really geeky sense of humor um but he has a song called re your brains which is basically like it's a memo using inter office jargon from a group of zombies to the holdouts in the office to let them in so they can eat their brains is basically what the song is and uh, i have a t-shirt somewhere in storage that is a memo soaked in blood with the lyrics to that entire song on it that a friend of mine picked up at jonathan colton concert for me and it was one of those things nice. where like people would stop and start reading your t-shirt and start getting really concerned about you uh, which is also very fun. So now, Todd, it is time for our little bit of a break. When we come oh, thank back, you. we will... Oh, no, we... dude, we we missed votes. We, we missed, missed votes. votes. Yeah. We missed <clears throat> now votes, you need dude. a drink, you fucker. Apparently. Okay. No. See, we're, we're having a day. Okay. Well, so we're going to vote on whether or not we believe it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, efforts to hunt this book down, which shouldn't be very hard, to be honest with you. So it's the first and- of 30 trades. First of 30 trades, yeah. So how many issues? Is it what, like four issues, five issues per trade? Uh, it depends. Depends. Five to six, depending on the trade. Let's say. Like, this one's five. One, trick, this one's six. Oh, is it six? Yeah, this one's six. Oh, then they're all they're all six issues per trade. Yeah. So it's, uh, The way I always tell is I always look at the copyright information on the front of it, and what it was originally published in magazine format as is Walking Dead 1 through 6, is what this was originally published as. So okay. that's how I always check. For sure. Um, the other thing about Walking Dead that we kind of discussed a little bit last week is that the interesting thing is, at least in my copy, Maya, you, you seem to think there was something different. Uh, did you read a physical trade, Maya? Yeah. Okay, and it was the actual trade? It was the hard... the I do the hard covers that come out once a year that have 12 oh. issues in them. Okay, so I've got the floppy six issue right here. I mean, yeah, so, so maybe it's in the hard cover then, because ours doesn't have the actual breaks... Um, in it for between issues and it doesn't have no the hardcover hard, hard doesn't have the breaks but it does have the covers in the back yeah see and the, the the floppy trades don't have the covers in the back and there and there is a break in between where the trade so like the hardcover has volume the first two soft covers in it okay and there's a Break, a break between cha- the soft chapter, covers. chapter one, chapter two. Yeah, but so what ends up happening is, is that you read through these books and you're never quite sure where the issue ended and where it didn't end, which is like because it just kind of just keeps chugging along and keep going along, which is kind of interesting. So uh, it's like Guiding Light. A little bit, yeah. But Guiding Light eventually ended. It's not even on the air anymore. Well, all good things must pass. I, I didn't realize you're such a Guiding Light fan, sir. Well, it was either that or Young and the Restless. I think Young and the Restless is still on the air, though. I know Chicago... Mad? Hope. 
I don't know. I should ask your mom. She watched just all the soaps back in the day. No, nah, she only watched one. She really was only a fan of Guiding Light. That was her, her oh, jam. Okay. Other than that, she didn't watch them. The only one I liked anyway. was uh, Passions. Susan Lucci was <laughs> robbed. Wasn't that the one with like the like the wizards and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, in it? it was like it was like it was like Days of Our Lives, but with witches and wizards. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic! Like monsters and stuff. I only watched like a couple episodes, but I, I thought, thought it was that hilarious. was CW now. That's a CW. Yeah, basically, it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's the new Sabrina series. All right. I'm okay. Stoked for that too. Yes. So vote. Which votes? Validity votes. So votes. Okay. So votes as to whether or not this is worth reading, uh, Mr. Todd. Yes. Mr. Adam. Yes. Mr. Maya. Yes. Mr. Me. Yes. Now, is that everything? That's everything. Is it? We've given final, sort of. We've given final warnings. I've sort okay. of given the heads up. Okay. Now we're ready for intermission. So this is what's going to happen. We're finally going to take a break. You we have think. a chance to go. We, we think you have a chance to go and read the book, and then come back if you haven't read it already. If you decide you're not going to read it, or you've just you've seen the TV show and you know everything, you just want to hear the difference between issues or whatever. That's fine too. Um, and then when we come back, we will spoil the living crap out of it, and Maya will give us his actual cocktail or drinking game rule. So uh, we will see you on the flip side. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, information on latest releases, game reviews, and you can even watch us play some of your favorite games. Everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. I always think it's funny that, you know, our parents always warned us that, like, you know, Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson were demonic and evil when actually mm-hmm. it was our pastors. It's true. Sure. I will say I also okay. truly love, with Rob Zombie, you can get a remix album, the Living Dead Girl, Living Dead Girl remix. Mm-hmm. Top mm-hmm. notch. Uh, also, uh, American Made Music, The Strip By, is really good, too. Yeah, I think that's the album. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. That's There's on There's also um, Mondo Sexhead, which is all of his White Zombie stuff remixed. No, it's uh, Super Sexy Swinging Sounds. Oh, that's right. Super Sexy. What is Mondo Sexhead? Mondo Sexhead is another remix of some some other Rob Zombie album. He does remix albums say, a lot. Rob Zombie is also guilty of the most anti-rock and roll thing ever. Because we've got a dude here, this rock and roll dirty rock star lives in Connecticut. Yep. Is not a rock and roll place to no. live. No. And he called the cops because the skate park nearby was making too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> but was he trying to record an album at that point? I don't give a fuck. Why is I'm Rob Zombie complaining about the noise from a skate park? Because no one cared about his Halloween movies. His first one's not bad. The second one I didn't like. His first one's not bad so long as you do the rated R version because the unrated one has a really terrific rape scene that wasn't necessary. Yeah, I haven't watched that one. I've only ever watched the rated R version. Yeah, there's also a really great meme out there right now that says Marilyn Manson looks like Nicolas Cage dressed up as Marilyn Manson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's mean. He looks old, man. Like, he looked like a little old lady when I saw him, like, recently. Like, it was... Steven is old. Steven Tyler dresses like everyone's favorite grandma. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, Marilyn Manson, like, Rob Zombie's aged just fine. Like, he's still... I mean, but he's always kind of... He's always looked that way, He's always kind of looked that way. He's always looked like haggard a little like bit. Like Alan Moore. Yeah, yeah he a does. little bit. Alan Moore got uh, saved. Like haggard sure. and bender. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Which is ironic considering the fact that he's like this like vegan. I don't even know if how much he actually drinks, but I know he's vegan. Maybe that's why he uh, looks so unhealthy. 
maybe that could be it but like Marilyn Manson I know Marilyn Manson also injured himself but like he's sort of like he was almost to like Ozzy Osbourne level of sort of like stumbling around the stage kind of thing you know what I mean like it was well, he's like, done lots and lots of drugs so. it's true yeah. and he was probably stoned out of his mind at that show as but well. I'm willing to bet his uh, backing band sounded great they did they did when you're all hired guns tour yeah. dogs you sound awesome oh yeah yeah because he's fired everyone else by now. Well, they all work for Rob Zombie now. Yeah, well, yeah he didn't. I remember when they were here, they did a tour and saw, like, didn't they have, like, a huge, like, fight backstage or something like that? Uh, they yeah. did. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was the, that was the um, Twins of Evil Tour 1, and I just saw them on the Twins <laughs> of Evil Tour 2. In fact, I'm wearing my T-shirt from the Twins of Evil Tour 2 uh, right now. They just did it again. Anyway, we can jump back into this. The Walking Dead. The Walking yeah. Dead. So people have places to go, things to do. Maya, what is your drinking game rule so that we can now spoil it for everybody? So as we go through the book, uh, Rick's looking, um, you know, for civilization, not quite sure if his family is alive. And surprise, he finds his family alive with his best friend and cop partner Shane with them. And Shane has a thing for his wife and is not too pleased about it. So my drinking game is you ruined it or you ruined everything. Uh, basically, anytime they hint or flat out show you that Shane is upset that Rick came back. Take a drink. Yeah. Plot summary. Rick and Shane are out uh, trying to stop this guy who's pulled a gun on him like in the, on the car chase or something like that. Uh, Rick gets shot and then wakes up in the hospital. No one's there, doesn't know what's going on. So he gets out, tries to stumble around and see what, you know, where everyone is. It's totally abandoned. Um, he opens the door up and there's zombies there and they chase after him. Uh, so he goes outside. He's about to be eaten by zombies when he runs into Glenn, who is this little uh, this kid who says, hey, follow me. They finally escape. They get to this camp with all these survivors. But on the way, Rick's like, what happened? He's like, well, these zombies came, kind of took over everything, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, no, no sorry. I, so Rick meets someone, meets a family who moved in next to his house. He gets home and like, no, his family's not there. And he's like, hey, I think everyone went to Atlanta because they said go there and the military will help you. He goes to Atlanta where he almost gets eaten. And then Glenn finds him and takes him to the surviving camp. Where he finds out that his wife and daughter are there, or wife and son are there, along with his friend Shane. Shane, I don't know why I blinked on that name. Uh, anyway, so while they're there, uh, you know, uh, Rick's saying like, "Hey, we should probably move further away from the city because you know they'll find us." And Shane's like, "No, no, no, we shouldn't do that." Uh, Rick and Glenn go into the city to get a bunch of guns. They cover themselves in zombie guts to make sure that the zombies don't smell them. Uh, they get away barely when it starts raining and washes the guts off. Uh, they're teaching the kids how to how to shoot guns because in uh, Lori, Rick's wife is really, really pissed about that because she doesn't want her seven-year-old having a gun. Women go out to do, um, do some laundry while uh, the guys go out hunting. A zombie comes up to one of them, gets his head cut off. Uh, they go back to the camp and they're all eating food one night when they get swarmed by a bunch of zombies. Carl kills one of them. Uh, one of them dies. Was it Amanda? Amy. Amy. Amy dies. <clears throat> and then the next day, uh, basically Rick and Shane having a huge argument about all kinds of stuff. And then finally Shane admits that he's in love with uh, Rick's wife and that he was pissed that he came back. So he goes to uh, try to kill Rick when Carl shoots him in the neck. And that's it. And he goes to the next book. Yep. Carl ends up in the course of this, not not just this book, but Carl ends up racking up the body count for a little while as a small <laughs> child. Uh, well, isn't, is it um, Negan who puts his eye out, or it's someone who later on shoots him in the eye? It's 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 an accident. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, no, what ends up happening, there's a really 
spoiler alert for those of you who want to continue on reading there's a really fucked up sequence where there's a couple of kids who have been so desensitized by seeing zombies killed all the time they start just randomly killing people and all the adults are trying to talk about you know if they should put these kids down you know what i mean because basically like they're they have no way of handling or dealing with these kids and so while they're sitting there arguing carl goes over and shoots them and says well you guys couldn't do it because you're adults so i took care of it like like carl starts to become like almost a cold-blooded killer for a little while uh and then eventually comes out of where i'm at in the book he actually has like a girlfriend even though he only has one eye um this is a good one though apparently <laughs> yeah one's all you need that's true analysis who here has actually watched the tv show i guess is the first question I haven't watched the newest season. Yeah, I'm behind uh, like half a season. Um, I've never seen it. Okay, <laughs> and I'm behind a few seasons. I've watched like I think, I think I'm somewhere in season three. I think somewhere. Then you're like five seasons behind. Yeah, I'm way behind. Uh, then there's Fear of the Walking Dead. Is another show. That has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Okay. Fear of the Walking Dead is its own original thing that's set on the west coast yeah okay. I, I, apparently they are starting to cross over with the tv show uh, morgan did leave the walking dead okay. and went across the country and ended up meeting the characters on the other show okay I, I, i've actually heard that the, cause I know the the first season of fear the walking, fear dead, the walking dead is really good yeah it was kind of rocky but it's gotten better to where actually it's you know a lot better than the main walking dead series hmm. which is really tanking in the ratings right now it, it is, is. Oh, yeah, it's like the season, was it nine now or eight? It was the lowest season opener since the first episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious because it's been such a juggernaut for so long. I'm just curious. Is there any thoughts as to why or I is it? I'm guessing people are just kind of tired of it. Yeah, like zombie fatigue because it's kind of to take it over everything. And it's been going for almost a decade now. Yeah. Well, and I also, I mean, I had heard that they said, isn't the guy who played Rick Grimes, he's going to leave at the end of this season anyway? Both he and Maggie are. So I'm wondering if people are like, well, they're going to leave. The show's going to be over here soon anyway. I don't know. So they're just going to make it into the Daryl show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's a character that's original to the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like, and I, I mean, I've liked what I've watched. It's just that I don't have a lot of time to keep track of all the different shows. Mm-hmm. There's just too much shit going on. Yeah, that's, that's the main reason I'm behind. Not because I kind of lost interest or anything, just because I've too much shit. Sure. Well, and that might be a thing too is that there was so much geek stuff or there's so little like i mean this the, the tv show came out right at the beginning of, of sort of like geek culture and comic book culture started t- starting to take you know a main stage that you know when it first came out this is one of the few comic book things there was that was non-superhero you know i mean and now right. there's a lot more stuff out there to to compete with it you know so i don't know that's interesting but uh, okay, well, so uh, for th- those of you who, Adam, have you read this book before? So uh, no, this is the first time I read Walking Dead. Eddie actually, I mean, when we first started watching the TV show, Eddie went and actually got this trade, and then I think I read like a couple pages, and then I had to go somewhere and just kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was so actually, yeah, it's a uh, eight years old Walking Dead the TV show because uh, they started season nine. Um, yeah, so I, I'd never read this before because I, I was interested to kind of check it out and, you know, because I really, really enjoyed the first season of, of the TV show. So I wanted to see how it was the same and how it was different. And, you know, again, the first season from what I've seen so far from the book is pretty similar. I know Maya said they changed some things up later on. Uh, that being said, I think the, the comic is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, it's a very different art style. Uh, I like the writing, I like, like the look of it. And kind of for back then, 
it was such an original idea because as we talked as they've talked about before that the walking dead is not about the zombies it's about the people who are left over after the zombie apocalypse and that was kind of a unique take to the genre because before it was like you know night of the living dead or you know, all the george romero movies or even resident evil was the opposite it was about you know how can we recover from this whereas the idea that you know the apocalypse has happened there's no one coming for us um we have to rebuild humanity was a, a unique take on the I mean, maybe like I Am Legend was kind of like that back in like the 60s and 70s, but even that's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it, and I do actually want to go read more. So, Todd, having no basis for any of this, just having reading this sort of kind of cold, what are your thoughts on this? I really enjoyed it coming through this. So I never watched the TV show. This is my first time reading the book. And it does a um, solid job of setting up the protagonists, and there is um, what is good is... Um, the expositions nearly non-existent mm-hmm. yeah it throws so, you right in and you're just off the it, it throws really you right in you're in the lost you're in the know you only know as much as the main character does with how that was set up i thought it was brilliantly set up in that way so you're discovering everything the same time as the main character and it's really woven quite well and i've been rather impressed that this is the um, the way he went about it You've got Kirkman has really been growing as a writer with this way. He was never big on exposition to begin with, but yeah, he is um, quite well. So of stuff going on, and it's you've got motivations and humanity. One of the things that really stuck with me after he got the um, went to the police station and he picked up on his weapons, and then there was the uh, zombie lady lying in the dirt next to the bicycle he lifted. He went and shot her and put her out of her misery, and it just shows the. Um, humanity and decency that he's still holding on to even though the world's gone awry he still has a center of himself Mm -hmm. and there might not be a police force but you can take you can eliminate the police force but he's still who he is and he's that way regardless whether or not it's official so and then i mean he goes on this things of discovery he woke up no one's around dead people are walking about he can't find his family he finds his family nothing is as it should be and yet he keeps marching on Mm -hmm. so it's really it's kind of a story about one man's willpower and just focus of we keep moving forward regardless of the circumstances and it's it's a little bit of a galaxy quest never give up never surrender (laughs) situation going on here you have so, no idea how true that is in the long run of this book. Right. It's a never give up, never surrender. It's about now. And it's just him going to the end really feels like the whole setup for this book. Because you're there in the camp and everything. And what he does do a good job is it feels like there's more to learn. It's more expansive. And though the small plot points have been answered, it's um, the questions keep arising. And it's just this whole sea of discovery you're waiting for. There's, I mean, there's definitely elements here of like Stephen King's The Stand mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. flag. I mean, there's a bit of that going on there. So you can see there's a lot of points of inspiration going on, but he's really made it his own. And it's, um, it seems more like bits of inspiration and homage is weaved in here and there, but it doesn't. It's a nice fresh take that I can definitely see why everyone is such a fan of, and it's gone on for 30 trades. That's 180 issues. Yeah, it's 15 years the comic book's been going on. Wow. So that, was, that was what the celebration was for, was for the 15 years anniversary of the first co- issue coming out was uh, a couple weeks ago. And then, like, and then so that, this also means I've been reading comic books for probably about 
13 years. So I think this, I think, I mean, wow. this, is one of the per- this is one of the first things I've read. So You're old. I am old, but like, is that right? You're older than me. Yeah, about, that's about right. So, cause I started reading comics in about 2006. Okay. So and this came out here and what I really dig about it, you're looking at the art. So this thing is in grayscale. And it's like someone colored the whole book and then just um, fed it through a grayscale filter. I'm sure that's not what they did. But <laughs> no. it's a very um, purposeful. I don't think they saved any time with the method they went for shaving this book. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you've got the inkers. You know what I mean? You've got the pencils, then the inks, then the colorist. This one still has the pencils going through, and then you can see went through it. But the grayscale and the drawing, I mean, it's really quite done. And it's a... Um, kind of gives it a bit of a voyeuristic view like you're watching it through an old close circuit <clears throat> television type deal because they could have definitely gone for color and what they're doing here they're not saving any money with not doing color on this so it was quite the um, choice and with the grayscale it does it feels like I'm watching a western in types of a ways and it's a it's got a voyeuristic view that kind of keeps you apart a little bit more which it feels kind of safe to read on so it's got the separation that's going through with the art. So yeah, yeah. And we can also know that Robert Kirkman was a big fan of the movie Twenty Eight Days Later. Sure, because it starts out like the exact same way. Just yeah, it kind of does actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. almost, almost, almost exactly yeah. the same way. Yeah. Although, although you don't see Rick Grimes' dick like you do Killian Murphy's <laughs> in no. Scarecrow Dick. Scarecrow Dick had a little straw hat on. Not Battlewing. Not quite as good as Bat. Well, actually, no, he has a pretty good dick. So. But nothing compares to Blue Dick. I don't know. Battling was pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Dude, there are people asking like 500 bucks for that stupid issue online. I mean, they're not going to get it, but like, like people give are gonna it a it. month, it'll be back to previous pricing. Yeah. It's not that going to be that much of a collector's item. There's still what a hundred thousand of them out there. Ah, that's 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 still pretty rare, though. I mean, in the long grand scheme of things, we'll see. Yeah. It just depends on how much people want to see that dick. So, but it's on the internet. It's not like, oh, I need dick. Oh, it's not gonna find any on the yeah, internet, dude. Comic, <laughs> comic col- yeah, comic collectors are. <sighs> They've already got their copy. Well, maybe because I know some people didn't even get it for their holds. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So I got mine through my in-stock trades purchase, and I gotta say, like, wow, a bunch of people ordered this. It'll be a minute. So I got mine two and a half weeks late, but it still showed up. So I got mine. Says the guy with it. But yeah. So thank you, in-stock trades. I know I'm an A-plus customer of yours, but... I've seen your orders. <laughs> so, yeah, they send me a Christmas card saying thank you. I'm sure they do. Here's 10% off your next order. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> I put your kids through college. <laughs> Feels that way. So, but yeah, so that's really my my take on it. I mean, I mean there's a... Um, and the whole trick of it with The Walking Dead, it's finding the humanity through the death of it all. And continuing that on, I think, is going to be the real challenge that the story is going to have upholding. Because with society crumbling down to the near humanity that we do have is um, peeled away. And what people and who people really are is really going to shine forth. And so... As we kind of already saw by the end of this book with Shane. A mm-hmm. little bit with Shane. So as you're reading this, and it depends on how you feel about men. you got to wonder, was, was he... Fallen for Rick's wife because they were alone in, in, in their situation, or could he have had a thing for her before, and he took advantage of the situation? I think it's the latter. So I mean, totally could have. I mean, but yeah, as you watch it and you see uh, the crumbling of society, who's holding up those ideals and who's letting them fall away and becoming a uh, 
No, William Gibson, not Gibson didn't write the book. What's the, uh, all the kids crash on a plane and have their own island? Oh, um, oh, fuck, what's it called? You know what I'm it's, saying? It's called Lord of the Flies. Lord it's of Lord of William the Flies. Burroughs? William S. Burroughs, thank you. I don't think it's William S. Burroughs. I think William Burroughs. I think William S. Burroughs is somebody different, isn't it? Maybe. All right, but Lord, you've got a little bit of a Lord of the Flies thing starting to go on here, or great potential for such, for someone who hasn't read it. I see a very much of a Lord of the Flies and see what's going to go on here. So I'm interested in reading more. And I think it did a really good job. The art was well done. Tony Moore did a fantastic. And this is the only Oh, it's by William Golding. Did. Lord of the Golding. Flies is by William Golding. That's why I was thinking Gibson, but no, that's yeah. Neuromancer. Okay. So, so this, Sorry, is the only, this is the only arc that Tony Moore did. Uh, okay. Because I guess he has trouble with deadlines. Yeah. So uh, Charlie Adler took over, but Tony Moore also didn't. He, he was the one that did Battle Pope, wasn't he? I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And the art style, you can tell it's different, but it's not too different. Okay. Um, the only thing, my only complaint about the series as a whole is, especially with it being black and white, you can only draw so many different types of faces. So sometimes people start to look very similar, and you have trouble telling who's who. On okay. Some the, on some of the characters that aren't like. Rick or Carl. Or... All right. But, uh... Well, and as there gets more and more characters later on in the series, it becomes more difficult to distinguish who's who. I mean, I, I understand that complaint entirely. Are you starting to need, like, a Game of Thrones chart? Not necessarily that. It, just it's just telling, it's just telling which one of them is which. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, this book is notorious for them building up the group and then losing the group and then building up the group and losing the group and so sometimes you don't remember who's still alive and who's not and you know who's in the group and like right now where I'm reading it at, at, pay, at trade 30 there's new people in the group and I'm like I don't remember which person this person is <laughs> you know like I'm like oh yeah I, that's the I think that's the guy who did this or whatever like it's hard to keep track so um, he does he ever do like recap issues no. type of deal? Nope. Nope. There's no recap. It's nope. just an ongoing saga issue. By yeah, issue. I mean, occasionally someone will talk about their past a little bit, but like they won't, you know, like they won't go back and reshow it and be like, oh yeah, and in case you missed it, like you know, it's. But the thing is, is that it always kind of keeps chugging along. This is one of those weird books that like. As, as you saw from this one, like you just sort of start, you hit the ground running and keep going. There are certain spots where you could just kind of pick up the book and start reading, and you'd probably be able to figure out what's going on and figure so out. So it does have reading. entry points for new readers. I think there probably are some. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think everyone I, should start with issue one hundred. <laughs> I, I think. I mean, I think if you if you wanted to jump in on it now, I think you could probably go back a few issues. Like, what tends to happen is he tends to build up to a big event, and then stop, and then um, and then you know it's and rebuilds from there, and then build up to a big event, and that Goes does whatever it does again. and changes things. So, like, if you were to find a big event and then go like the next issue after it, that would probably be a decent place to to jump in if you didn't want to go back and read. 15 years worth of continuity, which I am just realizing that I have 15 years worth of comic book sitting on my shelf <laughs> right there. Like, that's kind of insane. That is a whole lot going on. All right. So that's interesting. Yeah. It's because it's, I mean, jumping on points are kind of important. I mean, you look at the big two and that's always the struggle of how do you continue the story for the longtime readers and how do you make it accessible to the new ones? And you don't want to tell people like, I know we're on issue 873 of this. You have to start with one. That just doesn't work. Like action comics. Right. 
and Detective Comics. I mean, Action just had their thousandth issue, and Detective is coming up on it this next few months, aren't they? Probably in the next uh, six Act- months or Detective so. Detective will be, I think, in March. All right. In the next six months, we'll have issue 1,000 of Detective Comics, and we'll see where that goes. So they're always like every few years. It seems every two to three years they want a new jumping on point. So it's. I was just curious about that for The Walking Dead that's been going for 15 years now. Well, I also don't know if they're necessarily... I mean, because this is the book about it all just continually going and going and going. So it's like, I don't know if they're really that concerned about jumping on points, you know? Um, all right. So with the... I know we're, it's just the first trade we're talking about, but we're talking about the series as a whole. Do you see this... Um, all good stories have a beginning, middle, and an end. Some mm-hmm. just trying to say this is a snippet of a larger story that we're telling. Mm-hmm. But with this one, does, does it feel like there's... Um, plenty of gas left in the tank i you know i think so yeah i do actually because there have been some stuff that's been happening in the in the comic books recently that i was like oh holy fuck the whisperers war fucked my head up man like that was that was some dark creepy shit that i didn't think that you could pull out of all this all right you know um there's there's still some good interesting stuff it because what ends up happening is is that like the idea of zombies is pretty cut and dry and what ends up happening through the course of the book and i think we've kind of discussed this other places is that it gets to a situation where you're more concerned about the new groups that they meet rather than the actual zombies that they meet the zombies are something you know how to handle with you shoot them in the head or you you know cut off their head and you're pretty much good it's these different groups of people who have these different ideals and these different organizational structures and these different things that they've bought into that are trickier and more complicated to deal with and those are the ones you're more fearful of so like right now we're in trade 30 they've just met a new group of people they've gone out to visit and they're one of those it's it's interesting because it right now it's taken on a very sort of one percent versus the 99 percent kind of vibe mm-hmm. like you can kind of see where what political statement he's trying to make with the current run i don't think i'm completely spoiling anything no. but that there, no. there's a new there's a new group that 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 they've sort of they're more of a believer in um what you were before the zombie apocalypse is what you remain and so what your job was matters um whereas you know rick's group has a tendency to be like whatever you can do i don't care if you were you know an accountant if you have a skill as a plumber you're now a plumber you know and that's what that's going to be um so there, I still, I still think they're very interesting places to go. There's still interesting arguments to go. Like, I, I think 15 years in, I think it's still strong. Right. I think it's been stronger at some points in time than others, but I think that's also a matter of preference of what storylines you like. Well, every you know? once in a while, it'll start to. I think it'll start to like lose some steam, and I'll, and I'll be yeah. like, they gotta wrap it up, and then he'll take the story in a completely different way that you maybe didn't see coming or didn't think about. Okay. And you're like, okay, yeah. now it's got some traction again. And then it'll slowly yeah. kind of taper off. And then it'll pick back up again and he'll take it in a different like he's he's not stupid. He knows when a certain story arc or a certain theme has is starting to go on too long and then he'll he'll, he'll kill off seventy five percent of the group and leave you with six characters and then they'll meet new characters and So are there any razor blades left, you know, to like shave with at this point? <laughs> It's yeah, like, things like that makes you wonder. I just yeah. know that in the in the TV show, Daryl looks like he just smells wonderful. All right, <laughs> he smells like a truck stop bathroom. Yeah, he really does. He lo- it sort of reminds me of Megan Fox in the Transformer movies. Like she looks so greasy the entire time. <laughs> he, it reminds me there was that celebrity meme tweet that uh, 
Emma Stone red on Kimmel. Okay. But mm-hmm. but it makes me think of Daryl as he looks like he smells like cat piss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the uh, TV show character I was reminded was the the um, in Sons of Anarchy, their uh, sergeant at arms. I'm trying to remember the guy's name. But yeah, he always looks like he smells great. Well, speaking of smelling great, how about we do some cocktails? Cocktails. Well, Todd, why don't you start out with us? Well, mine's the Brains Royale. So the uh, key ingredient with this one is the Black Raspberry Chambord liqueur. So you're going to need to get a uh, shaker. You're going to put an ounce and a half of this Black Raspberry Chambord. You're going to put in an ounce of vodka. And then just do a little dash, a splash of pineapple juice, and a splash of cranberries. Um, you fill the shaker full of ice. You shake the other living shit out of it so it's nice and frothy. Then you're going to strange that into a chilled martini glass. So you have this frothy, black, rich, boozy um, drink called the Brains Royale. And if you want to twist it with a bit of an orange rind as a garnish, that's what you're going to have. Okay. Yeah. Uh Mr. Maya, what is your cocktail? Uh, mine, I found a drink just called The Walking Dead. Um, the ingredients are one and a half ounce of vodka, one ounce of Kahlua, two ounces of cream, a tablespoon of caramel topping, a tablespoon of fudge topping, and ice. And then there's a separate blood mixture that's three tablespoons of simple syrup and two drops of red food coloring. Uh, fill a cocktail shaker with the ice, vodka, Kahlua, cream, and half of the car- uh, caramel. Shake well. Swirl the remaining caramel, the blood mixture, and the fudge around the inside and rim of the gla- of the cocktail glass. Fill it with ice and then pour the cocktail over the top. It's like a mocha fudgy frappuccino yeah. thing. Yeah. It sounds like something you get at Starbucks. It sounds tasty, actually. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail? So mine is just called Brains. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do is you need to... Uh, it's- uh, peach schnapps and Irish liqueur, Irish cream liqueur. You make sure you chill those really, really good. So possibly the freezer. I don't know if Irish cream would freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, in your shot glass, you add one ounce peach schnapps. You hold a spoon over it, and you slowly pour uh, the Irish cream on the spoon, the back of the spoon, into the thing so it kind of floats. And then you add two or three drops of grenadine, and it looks like a bloody brain. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and mine I got from a website for actually the Walking Dead TV show season premiere party recipes. Uh, so mine is called Left for Dead. Um, it is one and a half ounces of Angel's Envy bourbon, half ounce of lemon juice, a uh, half ounce of vanilla orange syrup, and there's a recipe that I'll give you in a second. Uh, there is, it's one bar spoon of blood orange liqueur, one tablespoon of a cup plum and four mint leaves, and then you're a garnish with a uh, mint sprig and dehydrated plum. Uh, you can bind all the booze into a shaker with the mint leaves and uh, ice, and you shake the shit out of it and you strain into a coupe glass and then you garnish with mint sprig and dehydrated plum desired for that um, orange syrup. Uh, it is four vanilla beans cut in half, two oranges peeled and sliced, two cups of organic processed sugar. You're gonna simmer a cup of water uh, with beans and oranges in a saucepan for 10 minutes, bring to a heat. Basically you're making simple syrup with all that shit in it. Um, and once the, syrup, once the sugar is added, uh, simmer for an additional five minutes and then you uh, after the sugar is dissolved, strain and transfer into a squeeze bottle, and uh, that'll make about 14 ounces, and you only really need um, half ounce for that, so you have enough to make a lot of them, so put it in your fridge. Wow. I think, I think uh, that's expensive. Uh, simple syrup, too, because vanilla beans are fucking expensive. That sounds like I'm exactly. going to go pay someone to make me that. There's no way I'm making that on my own. 
Yeah, that's why you have bartenders. That's right. And go to a bartender and say, make this, fucker. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tip. So funny, speaking of having other people make drinks, I love how when I'm in New York, I text you guys for your drinks mm-hmm. for something I can make at an open bar. And you're like, one of them's like, my my recipe is to make for for like eight people. And the other one's like, my recipe is sherbet in him. Like, I can't fucking do that at an open bar. <laughs> my favorite open bar is I go on a cruise and they're like, we have open bar wherever you want, especially on these excursions. And they're like, I want... You can call it a Mai Tai, you can call it an old-fashioned, whatever you want. They've got about three different colors of alcohol that they mix together, and it doesn't matter. They'll call it whatever you want. Well, like, of course, you're asking for stuff to mix. I'm like, I start going like, well, do they have this? Do they have, like, start asking for very specific esoteric ingredients, which, of course, they probably didn't have. have any but I'm like, flower liqueur. Yeah. Do you have well, any you know. very liqueur? That's what I'm looking for there. I will say what I've been drinking a lot this past week is I get the Garwood's Extra Spicy Ginger Beer. I mean, you take mm-hmm. a big gulp of that and your sinuses clear out. Oh, it's amazing. And then your butt will pucker when it comes to come through. But you um, do three shots worth of Cointreau, which is a syrupy orange liqueur, and then you top it off with ice and uh, Garwood's extra spicy ginger, and you just um, swizzle that with a knife or a spoon. And that's quite enjoyable because you've got that heavy, heavy orange with that sharp ginger, and it's a nice balance going on. Parting thoughts. It's a great start. I can see it definitely why it picked up steam, but at the same time, there's no wowzers moments for me mm-hmm. in this first trade. It's have a deal. It's got good structure going on, but it's not. There wasn't a uh, this page, this splash panel, this moment. I don't think this had any amazing moments. There was no bad moments, but there was nothing truly amazing on this. Some seems to be kind of par for the course for the every other book we've done this month. Yeah, a little sure. bit. Writes, yeah. writes consistently good, but nothing that's too flashy or over-the-top or wowy. Sure, but he gets the job done. Yeah, no, for sure. Final grades. Self-contained. Um, as far as this being a self-contained sort of book, um, I'm going to kind of go with a C, but that's sort of the intention is to have this thing be a long-running, ongoing thing. So... Uh, I kind of feel like that's a no-brainer on that one, but uh, Mr. Todd, what is your uh, no-brainer? Mr. Todd, what is your no-brainer? You know, I give it a C as well. I mean, they had little plot points wrapped up. Some things were answered, but the uh, questions remain. And if the whole thing ended right here, it would have been like, oh, this was meant for a sequel, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Event. So yeah, it's a solid C. It seems to be a lot of groundwork for more, and not so much in and of itself. Oh, uh, Mr. Adam. Um, I'm going to go with it like a B minus. Because, <clears throat> again, this is set up for a sequel, so you want to see what happens next. Um, and if it did end, you'd kind of be like, well, what the fuck? At the same time, it did kind of wrap up a lot of the, the plot details that were in this book. We all we got answers for most of them. So. Yeah. Cool. I mean, uh, this Mr. wasn't Mario Brothers movies. Bad, so, but, but that was quite the classic. They're gonna they're gonna come back around, man. It's gonna it's gonna gain popularity again. Just yeah, like like when when Legazamo needs that next job, but it doesn't have what Hopper Dennis Hopper died. It wasn't Hopper. It was uh. Who played no, 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 Dennis Hopper has died. And then it also Hoskins. You know, I was gonna say. Well, I was he, thinking of Bob he, Hoskins. That's even if he was, right. I, and if, I forgot Dennis Hopper was in that. And even if he was still alive, and even if Hoskins was still alive, it killed his career. That's why he would do true, another yes. one because yeah, no. there's nothing else to do. He retired from acting after it because it was so awful. So, but I thought he just became more did more directing and things like that. Directing's not acting. 
Uh, I guess that's a valid point. Or maybe he went back to the theatre. Right, but yeah, Hoppers and Hoskins is gone, but we still have Leguizamo. I would just watch Leguizamo play all three parts. <laughs> John Leguizamo. <laughs> the sequel to Mario Brothers 2, where he plays Mario Brothers every- 2, the one-man show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playing near a cum dumpster near you. That's uh, right. Okay, Mr. Maya, what is your self-contained grade? Uh, I'm going to say an A, because... I don't think there's anything left unresolved other than you don't know how people were turned into zombies. If you were to read this on your own, there are no loose threads in the book at all. Could it okay. continue from here? Absolutely. But if you read it on its own, if you knew that there was nothing else, it wraps up. Granted, it's a very depressing and sad ending, but it wraps up. It's not okay. that satisfying. But but the, the question was, was it satisfying? The question was, was it self-contained? All right. We, we, we might be wrong. We might be right. <clears throat> this reminds me of the question that our friend Jordan asked me this morning, this day at lunch. He's like, what is your definition of a fry? Like a french fry. Okay. And then I kind of gave my definition. She's like, well, does it count hash browns then? I'm like, god damn it. <laughs> That's right. Avoiding that whole long thing. Let's go into... Writing grade. For Mr. Kirkman, our, uh, our birthday boy for this month. Uh, what is your grade for writing uh, Mr. Maya? Uh, I'm going to give it a B. You know, it's like kind of like Todd said, nothing. There's nothing wowing in it. Um, there's enough in it that makes you want to keep reading, but nothing that'll like blow your mind, but it's not awful at the same time. So I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Um, I'll give it a B plus. I, I really enjoyed the writing. Again, this is a, it's a fun, interesting story. <clears throat> it reminded me also of why I enjoyed the first se- season of the show. Which the first season of the show is basically this trade. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, they're in the well, sh- in the show too. They went to the the CDC. That yeah. doesn't happen at all. So yeah. if you take that episode out, this is the entire first season of. The right. Show. So it was it, it was interesting. It was fun to read, um, and like I said, it does make you want to see what happens next because you know just you know that there's the characters are all start out really idealistic and there's no way they can keep that because mm-hmm. of the horrors they're going to see with like you know the governor and Negan and things that are coming forward. So, uh, Mr. Todd. You know, it's a B, B minus. It's um, there was nothing wrong. It was all solid, but there was nothing. Um, and flashing might be a bit much of the words, but there, I couldn't find anything wrong. It was mostly right, but I can't say this was. Um, you know, this was amazing. It, it was very palatable, and I enjoyed it. Uh, so it's kind of like mashed potatoes and roast beef for Sunday dinner. I definitely enjoyed I it, you. but it's not. Yeah, it's just what it is. I, I think maybe the right word, rather than flashy, is iconic. Okay. Like, because a lot of the icons sure. I think of from Walking Dead are like the doors with don't open dead inside, but that's actually from the TV show. You know what I mean? The only thing I can think of from the comics that is, for me at least, is really iconic is when they first discover the prison. Like, I still have, like, that splash page I yeah. still remember pretty well, but that's still like three or four trades away. I believe that's the end of trade three. Yeah, and then so, and then they're in the prison for like a while, six trades. Yeah, they're in the prison for a while. So, anyway, um, yeah. So, you know, um, so my my grade is going to be like I think I'm kind of along the lines. I'm going to go with a A minus as far as like I think the writing is solid, but it's just there's not necessarily those iconic moments that we sometimes get in other things. Art grade for Mr. Tony Moore. Uh, what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Um, I'll go with an A minus. I mean, this is. Yeah, it's really well done. I mean, these 
the zombies look disgusting. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. they you can definitely tell these things have been rotting in the sun for weeks at a time. And as Todd mentioned earlier, it's like I love how it's not just a black and white book. We saw like, like Scott Pilgrim or other things like that. We're actually getting a lot of grayscale, so it wasn't done to to cost less to print. It was done because it was an uh, artistic choice by the the, um, the guy who penciled it. So. I really enjoyed it. Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm I'm at the same as Adam. Uh, Tony Moore is a great artist. He also did uh, Fear Agent by Rick Remender. Oh, that's a good book. I like that book. Um, which is, if, if you want to see uh, his his artwork colored instead of in grayscale, check that book out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good art. You know, this it's I think it's when Ad- Charlie Adler comes on is when you start getting into the, a lot of the characters looking the same, like I kind of mentioned before. Yeah. But yeah, no, this did the job, and I, I don't think I could point to anything that I disliked about it. Well, uh, Mr. Todd. You know, I rather enjoy the art. It was um, solidly well done. They had the creepiness factor that you're going through with the zombie, and yet there was the, um, when you did get up with the humanity and even the neighbors, there was a warmth to it as well, even though it was all in gray. So I think the artwork is really what sold me on this more than anything else. So I'll give the artwork a B plus. I mean, it was executed amazingly well um and then i'm gonna go with probably uh an a minus for the art for a lot of the reasons i've been discussed here before i actually really quite enjoyed the art final grades i am gonna go with the average of about of a b plus for all of the stuff in there i think it's pretty solid just there's not a lot in this particular trade that kind of wows um mr adam what is yours uh Um, what is your grade so i'll I'll go with an a minus i really enjoyed it uh you know, I, I actually had never read, I mean, The Walking Dead, except for like maybe a, a couple pages in one of the issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and it's, it's, again, it's, it does feel a tiny bit dated because this was kind of at the beginning of the zombie craze and now they're kind of all over the place, much like the zombies would be. So I guess it's kind of a fitting. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was, it was fun to read. It was a quick read. I mean, you can literally go through it really, really fast and, you know, the time flies because you're having so much fun with it. And I definitely want to kind of hop on and see what happens next because as was said before, you know, the TV show does vary a lot from it, so it's kind of fun to see how much it's, how different it is compared to what I've seen compared to what the actual story was. Well, I have all the hardcovers, so you're... Wow. <laughs> Jesus. It's, so... about, it's about 14 hardcovers, because if the 30th 30, uh, 30 softcover just came out, mm-hmm. the 15th hardcover wouldn't be out yet, so yeah, about 14 hardcovers. You know, the longest series I've got in con- contiguousness would be, I've got... Um, fables in its entirety which is 15, no no 22, 22, 22 for the volumes. main ferris has five jack of fables has 10 cinderella has two and then there's a couple one shots as well and then there's ever after going on so but 30 trades is a fuck ton of trades yeah wow yeah and i've read them all <laughs> wow it's a lot of the time it can be a pretty quick read too sure yeah all right uh mr maya what is your overall grade uh i'm at a b plus uh isn't there isn't really anything else i can add on to that hasn't already been said uh it's good not great um it's a good starting point for uh the ship the series so if you're a fan of the show and want to check out the book definitely check it out well and uh mr todd Nah, B minus. Good, not great. It seems to be fair here. Um, I'm interested to see more. The art was the best part for me. It was, um, there was nothing wrong done with it by any means. I couldn't even really point at a shortcoming versus a, uh, there's just more coming 
I guess. I like coming. Well, we like the act of coming, but the journey less so at times. Or looking forward to the journey. That's true, yeah. I know, I have a lot of fun with the journey, too. So, all right. Uh, you know, we all need practice. Okay. Keep going, uh, Brian. Well, well that, I'm just like, well, was that a stall so that I had enough time to do the math? Sure. That's what I was trying to do for you. Was, was that really what it was? The things I do for you. I, I appreciate that. I do. If that was really the case. Uh, no, I got the math and I actually double checked it. Grade point average. We uh, have an overall grade uh, GPA of 3.25, which is just under a B plus average, which is pretty fair for, I think, what we have to say. Next week on Funny Books on Firewater. Next week, we are doing Outcast, another series by Robert Kirkman, because it's his birthday month, the final one that we're going to be doing. Happy birthday, um, Robert Kirkman. Happy birthday, Robert Kirkman. I bet he looks a, like a guy that goes by Bob. Or Bobby, maybe. He could be a Bobby. Bobby Kirkman. Bobby Kirkman. Friends call me Bobby, uh, you know, like Mr. De Niro. That, that one's weird, though. He seems so serious that Bobby seems weird for him, but that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, Outcast is about a guy who uh, is haunted by some demons and has uh, he ends up teaming up with a local town uh, clergy member and there's some demons involved and some exorcism going on and uh, I, I, I don't I like the cover it's for me it reminds me of Courage the Cowardly Dog <laughs> okay I can see that I kind of love the cover of it I just look at the cover and it's like it's outcast going like it looks like Courage the Cowardly Dog thing going on I love okay. that show okay it's not a knock I, I get you. We'll see how, how it compares to your Courage the Cowardly Dog love okay. uh, next week. Recommendations. So, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on this show or not, but I am in love with the musical uh, Jared Hansen. I got a tattoo mm-hmm. and everything. And Brian was nice enough to actually, uh, when he was in New York, I, I got to go with him and see the show on Broadway with the original cast. Uh, well, so he does love you. He does love me, yeah. <laughs> uh, two things I'm going to recommend. One is uh, they just released the novelization of the story. Oh, uh, okay. Val Emick and um, the really cool thing was about two weeks ago as we record this uh, the author Hal Emick and then uh, Justin Paul one of the writers of the actual musical came to Salt Lake and were doing a thing where they had the book signed and gave them out and then like actually did, like a Q&A with the audience performed some of the songs really one of the I mean aside from seeing the show live it was one of the greatest moments of my life um, be able like, to interact with people who like literally wrote a song that literally saved my life it was pretty cool um, so the novelization is really fun. It, it kind of flushes out some of the characters a little bit better than you get to see on stage because you actually get to see what's inside their heads, which you don't with a with a stage musical. Um, and as we record it, as this comes out, Jeff and Hanson, the touring company, is playing in LA at the Amundsen Theater. I just checked that uh, tickets are still available. Like you can get one for a hundred bucks, which if you know probably ticket prices is a big discount from what you'd pay there or even other places. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, it's really really good. Um, I'd probably recommend seeing it before you read the book if you're interested or if you have seen it. How, how long will it be playing there? Uh, actually, it ends a week after this comes out. Okay. That's- so, yeah. So, you, <laughs> you you don't have too much time to go see it. But if you can get tickets and you don't have to go through a scalper, um, I know Brian really enjoyed it. The first act more than the second act, but um, I loved it. I, I still liked it a lot. I'm not complaining about it. Oh, no. I, I just remember we talked afterwards and, like, in intermission, you were like, I think your exact phrase was, there were some parts where I couldn't breathe. Yeah. No, that's true. No, it's it's a very strong, very impressive show. Uh, Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations? I've been reading some other things. I was reading Fraternity. It's a uh, one-and-done trade. It's written by two Spaniards, but it takes place during the American Civil War in Indiana. And it's a uh, story set in one of those uh, designed-to-be-a-utopian new village tarts. You know, like, there is 
it's kind of like a commune going on, but yet it has elements of um, Brother Hood of the Wolf, and then you've got a Mowgli type kid thrown into it as well. And so it's about five issues long, but the whole thing's painted. It's not like Alex Ross style, but it's got a bit more impressionistic painting look for it. So it's really atmospheric and moody, and you've got uh, deserters from the Civil War hold up, and you've got people that's caught the monster that want to kill them, and you've got the feral man-child, all things going in. So it's quite a fun, interesting read. Fraternity. Mr. Maya. Uh, I don't have anything to recommend this week, but I do have a correction. Uh, I was, I'm flipping through the first hardcover here, and uh, they're at the prison by the end of Volume 2. Okay. Well, so there you go. Um, and then uh, my recommendation for this week is uh, a Jeff Lemire book that just came out in trade called Gideon Falls. Um, oh, it's sort of his, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of a, a horror book. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it without spoiling too much of it. Um, Jeff Lemire horror book sounds good. Jeff Lemire horror book actually kind of ties in, I think, pretty well with Outcast. Actually, there's sort of a similar similarity between the two of them at least stylistically and vibe wise uh mm-hmm. but really I, I really really enjoyed it so i i don't want to spoil too much of it but i just would say go, i mean it's jeff lemire so like we all you listen to the show more than a couple times you know that i'm completely in love with jeff lemire so you love the jefe i love the jefe uh so yeah so i guess that will do it for this week for recommendations so next week we'll finish off our uh, month of robert kirkman with outcast mm-hmm. uh Thanks for listening, and uh, we will uh, see you guys later. Bye! Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.